0: This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast, Podcast Network. Coming to you from the Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network, your go to for all things sim racing. Grab a drink and get ready for the Wrong Stuff Podcast.
1: We're back for the first time since I believe December 29th of 2021. As you can see by the uh, imaging, we've changed just a little bit. Have some new, have a new co-host in here with us as well. Um, so, Bradley Alvis here from uh, uh, Sudi. And he's going to be with me here for quite a while from the great state of Texas. So we can talk about that here in just a little while. Sure. We've got Jake Luther from somewhere up really close to Canada and uh, Justin Barrera from somewhere down where they talk really weird. So uh, welcome in, guys. And uh, really, what we're going to try to cover today is the virtual 24. Um, we're all running in it as SUTI, uh starting Friday, starting tomorrow, actually. Man, that's coming up quick. And then Barrera and I are going to be running in the VSCA and the LMP2 starting Saturday morning. So before we start talking about too much at one time, let's let's talk about Bradley here because you're going to be with me for with us for
2: quite a while. Give us a little bit of your yeah.
1: backstory, Bradley, if you want and let us know.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, real quick rundown, I guess. Um, yeah, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, went in the Navy when I was 18 years old, played a whole bunch of sports. So I had to do something constructive with my life. Um, <laughs> Was in the Navy for 25 years, all over the country, all over the world, uh deployed a bunch of times and uh always loved motorsports and uh really didn't have the time or the energy to uh attack motorsports while being in the military. So um yeah, towards the end uh of my career, I just started to uh amp things up when I was living down in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh started doing autocross, was really successful there, had uh started with a BMW M2 and uh Won a bunch of local stuff, like three different clubs. I won championships, and then uh, one again uh, the uh, one of the major events for uh, SCCA autocross, um, and uh, my first time up. Actually, it was my second one, my second one. So that was really big for me, a big win. And then, uh, yeah, I have a a wife and three kids. A 25 year old daughter who's in the the Air Force, and I have a 18 um, year old son who's. I don't know, doing his own thing right now, trying to figure out life like we all were at 18. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then uh, I have a seven year old daughter because I thought it'd be a great idea to start all over again. Um, <laughs> so here we are. So yeah, I, I got in while I was down in Jacksonville. I met all the guys from Shut Up and Drive It um, just via actually a guy named Zane Plumley, which mm-hmm. we should definitely have on here one day. because, Wow, what a great guy. He's one of those guys that really pulls everybody up. So I learned all I know for managing a team basically from him. And I realized that sim racing was the way to go for me because I just, I still autocross, but man, the cost of getting into the other stuff is a little ridiculous. I'll probably do some time attack here in a few seasons coming up, but the cost is so ridiculous. Not that this was any better, (laughs) uh, but you know, I dove deep into it and here I am now, man, met at the shut up drive it guys and, Man, I've been uh, loving it ever since. So it's I guess I've been on the service since well beginning of COVID, like pretty much everybody else. Yeah. So uh,
1: here's the difference I think between autocross and what I'm sitting in and what's behind you is this is a one time cost basically. <laughs> uh, when you autocross something,
2: when you drive an M2, right? That's what that's your autocross car. I did. I did. I sold it to my daughter, and uh, now I have a Supra. I have a. What is it? A twenty-two or twenty-one Supra? Yeah. Well, I bet you you break
1: it quite a bit when you're autocrossing it, don't you?
2: It's <laughs> it's happened.
0: <laughs>
1: so yeah, that they can they, they can get pretty expensive pretty quick from what I know about owning an older an older vehicle, and I don't even race it. So uh, at least these are all one-time
2: purchases, right? Um, well, I, I would say though that you know an autocross autocross is the cheap way in motorsports mm. for sure it's the yeah. grassroots cheap way to get into motorsports but when you start adding it up you start to realize cheap wasn't quite what you thought well i mean same with sim racing i mean when i started out with the g29 it was all seemed like a great price and everything was going good i got in just before the covid disaster yep and then uh yeah so then i thought you know this is all good this is cheap and then yeah like i said here we are
1: yeah no i'm i'm kind of in your same boat man i started F f1 four. 14 i believe on the xbox with a controller and <laughs> i uh you know have had a blast in that and then started a league in f1 uh back in 2020 and i was like somebody was talking to me about iRacing, racing right and by that time i had gotten a wheel just like a freestanding, like a wheel you know with the stand and all that stuff that you can right. buy fold out stand with pedals and stuff it was like a uh Thrustmaster TMX or something like that, whatever, or TSXW, whatever it was called. So
0: gotcha, yeah.
1: Joined iRacing, uh, had a monitor, a Samsung curved 32-inch, really nice $150 monitor from Walmart, only with an HDMI connection. Started running iRacing, and I was like, hmm, this is really cool. And then I made the mistake of looking up I racing and seeing all of these different people with their different rigs and i'm like i've got to have it so here i yeah. am now sitting in my next level rig with my fanatic v3 pedals my fanatic dd1 <laughs> wheel yeah uh so th- triple screens same screens that you got back there actually so yeah it's crazy that's how, crazy how all that works and now that we're talking about sim racing jake luther want to bring you here into the fray a little bit. You are going to be our team manager tomorrow for the first time ever. I think Bradley decided to
3: put you in charge of that. What are you thinking? You excited for it? Yeah. Um, not only is it my first time like managing or leading a team for an event, it's also my <laughs> first endurance event that I'm doing. Um, I think the longest race I've ever done prior to this has been like <laughs> on 2.4 hours. So this is, uh, <laughs> about 10 times the distance there uh, pretty excited um, I wouldn't say like nervous or anything because we're all in good hands we have Brad with uh, one hand on the ship as well <laughs> kind of guiding it mm-hmm. uh, yeah I'm more excited than than anything it's gonna be a like, fun experience so what are your
1: what are your thoughts so far on you know trying to get the team together? I know you guys have been dealing with time schedules and all of that stuff, dealing with t- people from across the U.S. and trying to get everybody in, in the correct time slots. Uh, it all seems really fun and really cool until you actually have to start putting in the work, I would assume.
3: Yeah, I feel for everyone um, that either runs a league, has to do any organization over Discord, uh, because getting responses from everyone or... Feedback anything uh, definitely takes a while when everyone has their own like separate lives and schedules uh, Brad's been great about pushing to get everyone to put their times in and getting the schedule set up uh, really I've just been trying to push for some data so I can try and get those uh, like fuel consumption numbers in and plan like our overall strategy so this podcast is gonna go out before
1: we do the 24 tomorrow night so No secrets. What information can you give away without giving away too much to our competitors here on, (laughs) you know, trying to figure out fuel. How much does fuel saving do at Daytona? And I can open this to the floor really, and let everybody kind of pitch in on this. How much do you think over a 24 hour race, do you think fuel saving will be crucial?
3: Yeah, uh, I guess the best answer (laughs) to all of that is that there's always a balance, right? You have to make sure that the lap, your laps that you're doing are not suffering so much from the fuel saving that you're losing time overall, even if you are saving time in the pits or reducing pit uh, pit stops, it's definitely trying to find uh, that balance of cutting pit stops out of the race without increasing uh, your lap time too, too much. So it'll be trying to find that balance. Draft, obviously, uh, is always key. Trying to, even if you have to use a little bit of fuel in the short term, just to maintain uh, behind a guy in front of you who has a draft. Uh, really just staying on top of a strategy once you try and find the optimal point over the course of the race. I know is difficult because you're going to have however many random things that happen that can throw a wrench in your plans. But I'm assuming you know that's what endurance racing is, really. The <laughs> rolling with the punches.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I you kind of wonder. You know, I've been part of one endurance race of my three years here on iRacing, and it was really right when I joined. I drove the Lambo at Spa for the Spa 24 hour, and did my stint. Did okay. Just you know, I wasn't gaining positions, didn't lose any. Just kind of maintaining. I took a nap because I had to come back four hours later for my next stint. I come back. And I was like, "Hey, how was you, how was your stint, man?" He's like, "I'm still in the pits." I was like, "What do you mean I'm still in the pits?" <laughs> <laughs> he drove it out of the pits. He came. He jo- he got in the car. I got out of the car. I went to bed. Somebody else was spotting for him. Drove it out of the pits. Looped it coming out of the pits. Hit the wall. Bounced back across the road. And an LMP came through and just smoked him. So he had about I think it was like two hours of optionals and like an hour and a half of required or something like that. So you almost wonder what are you, what are you going to do in a situation like that? I know we've kind of talked about, you know, maintaining, right. That's, that's the big thing is just not losing too much time uh, due to stupid mistakes, but right, you've got drivers that we've never met before. It's not like you're doing this in a real life. 24, where these drivers, they kind of know each other. They've raced around each other before.
2: So, at least some similarities.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you kind of know how people drive. I mean, with us being in the slowest class. This is the first time I've driven in uh a Endurance Bradley for 2 years. How does that I mean, how how tentative are you when you first start the race? That first time you see that LMDh come through or that
2: LMP2? Well, I'm I'm never too tentative because I never start. Right. That's the beauty, right, in a schedule, right? Is that you can you can force other people to do crap you don't want to do. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah, I've been managing these for a while. Actually, uh, Zane taught me right right when I started. I my first real, I mean, I almost hardly did any uh, any of the officials, and I was just boom jumping into to doing uh, what was it? I think it was spa. I think it was it was spa, and it was in. I think we were in a. I think they put us in the was the Ford GT. I, I don't even remember. Oh, wow. Let me just tell you, I was scared crapless. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was like, what am I doing here? Like these people are going to just destroy me. Come to find out there, I was right. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if they destroyed me or if, if I was destroying myself mostly, I, but I got so tentative, right? I, that was my thing, right? I got so tentative and so worried about taking care of the car that I didn't, I wasn't racing. Yep. Um, And that was frustrating, but I think, you know, from the leadership standpoint, it's kind of nice because I really can find those people who are going to hone in and they love the starts. I mean, Jay Hall's a great example. Who's been on here, obviously. Right. I think a lot of people know who Justin Hall is by now. And, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, they just have balls of steel, man. They can get in there and they can drive. They're not scared to do it. My biggest fears, um, really come down to frustration. I don't want people to get frustrated. Uh, and lose the, the the desire to do it. In the, just that instance that you talked about, I had one uh, recently. Actually, it was at Spa. Uh, <laughs> I think he was exiting the pits, if I remember right. So we had worked our way from like twelfth all the way up to, um, man, I want to say we were in third, and we knew we were going to get second and maybe even first because of fuel strategy. And uh, you know, we were only like a stent or two away, and he puts it into the wall. You know, and he oh. was very. This was his first ever. Right. So I kind of rethought things a little bit at that point. And I went, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't put on the higher level teams these guys to kind of like give them experience. I shouldn't put them under the gun that quickly. Right. Right. So that's my biggest fear is it, it, am I pushing somebody into a situation that's going to, they're just going to be uncomfortable? And then the other part of that is cars, uh, you know, selecting um, uh, the setup. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I love people's inputs but in the end I almost always go with the one that has grip. Right. I don't care if you're going to get 2 miles per hour of me on the straight usually cuz you're at Daytona draft. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of things that could happen but the last thing you need is everybody scared crapless going into the first time you know yeah exactly the the new BMWs come flying through. Right? The LMP2s are, are throwing it in because I mean they that's do. What they do. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, so yeah, if you don't have the car to grip up the second you get offline, that's where I see most of the problems with. Everybody's everybody's searching for a, a lap time, but in the end, you know, being alive at the end of 24 hours is almost enough to take victory, most likely a podium if you're anywhere around the 2K level. Yeah.
1: No, that's a win for sure. I I've never again never have been part of a team that makes it all the way to the end of a 24 hour race. So I'm looking forward to this one tomorrow night and back to the setup thing real quick. I remember we were all sitting in a discord last night and guys, by the way, you can cuss in this podcast if you want to. And Luther comes to me asking me for all of these Inputs and these numbers for fuel saving. You got a (laughs) fuel save into T1. You got a fuel save into the bus stop. Fuel save full lap. Go flat out for five and do this over 20 laps, five laps each. And now I'm scrambling through because I've been running the LMP all week because I'm running again with Justin Barrera on Saturday. So I've been running the LMP. I get back into the Lambo and I'm using the setup that you had decided we were going to go with. And I'm looping it every time going through the bus stop, man. And I have no idea what's going wrong. And I was, I joined the Discord. I was like, Luther, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm just going to tell you, I can't get you these fucking numbers. I'm so pissed right now. Like, this is so fucking annoying. And I started bitching at Jake. I started bitching at you, Bradley. Yeah, you're worked up. Come to find out, it was because I was trying to race against my optimal time and not my best lap time. So I was pushing the car, like we're talking about, pushing the car to get to that lap time. And that's when I started making mistakes because I wasn't racing within myself at that point. That's right. If you can stay within yourself and race within your boundaries, nobody's going to be mad if you lose a couple positions throughout your your first stint or your two stints or your three stint. Because guess what? Somebody else is going to come in the car and race within their boundaries, and they might be just a little bit quicker. And There's nothing wrong with that at all. That's right. That's right. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how you know this this whole team gels tomorrow. I know we've got some some newer faces, me uh, especially. Luther is going to be his first twenty four as well. People that haven't really raced with Sudi yet. Big shout out to Justin Hall. If you listen to this, buddy, hope you're doing well, and uh, thanks for getting me in with these guys because I've found a I found a pretty good group here. But just all right. trying to race within myself i think especially around you know these these people that i haven't really raced with or raced around before other than those stupid late night races when we all get drunk and decide to do stupid shit like go race gt3s at brazil and run each other over but uh, but uh yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see how all of how that whole how everything gels together
2: um sure you know i I tell you in, in no pressure here just remember that last year we won what was it? I think four, I think it was four, four endurance races last year for shut up and drive it. We won Daytona. We won Watkins, um, Sebring. And I can't remember what the fourth is, but I, I'm pretty sure, you know, maybe actually maybe the, uh, Justin Brer would be able to clue us petite in on that. What it was, okay, but yeah. would you remember what it was? Yeah, it's petite Le Mans. Ah, petite. There you go. So, Hey, no pressure here right? Thanks, Bradley. But see, you know, yeah. But, but, but in all honesty, it's funny because people ask me more than once they've asked me what's the formula, right? And Jake's finding out that there is no formula, but it's a mentality really than it is anything else. Uh, us got the guys that shut up and drive it. And I, you being one of them now certainly, uh, can, can attest. I mean, we want you to have fun. We want to win. Of course, we want to win, but we want to have fun. And if your race craft is good, we can do anything. I don't care what your raw pace is. And uh, I think when we get that through to people's heads, you start seeing a lot more success because they're just worried about driving their own race. Just like you said, yep. driving within themselves. Yep. That's key. If anybody wants
1: to watch the shit show and listen to the shit show, that's probably going to go down during the 24. Um, slow motion broadcasting is going to be myself putting it on from my point of view. I'll be hanging out with the guys in the discord and, uh, you know, kind of seeing how everything goes on. So if anybody wants to see how Sudi does, it will be on the slow motion broadcasting YouTube. So go check that out. If you're listening to this podcast before the 24 tomorrow night, uh, over to you real quick, juicy, you're not running with, okay, first we need to talk about this before we get into who you're running with. We, I've got to ask this question on the podcast, man. Why? Is your nickname Juicy? We all have to know. The podcast listeners never. have to know.
4: I don't recall why. It just started. That just started happening after.
2: Uh, uh, maybe when Eric. I mean, we'll get I'll Eric be on I here one not. day. He'll tell the story. For okay, you. perfect. Yeah, we'll we'll wait for
1: Eric to tell the story then, because I'm sure it's a it's a great one. But anyways, JB Juicy, whatever we call you anymore. Any anything other than Justin, I think is is what we call you at this point. Pretty much. You're running yeah. with. I know Will Coffee. Um, and a couple other people you got, you're running that LMDH kind of give us your thoughts on that. I haven't, I don't even own the car yet.
4: Honestly, I think it's going to be a, um, a shit show. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Because I've, I've dealt with some, several different tunes and nobody really has a grasp of where to put this car at. Like all the tunes, the philosophy for this car and tuning is not there. Um, the suspension settings are all over the place. I go for one car to another, they just don't drive the same. And some tunes are, like are fast, but are deadly. Other tunes are not as fast, but can be safe. And some tunes just feel like they're complete garbage. And I think there's a bigger issues under braking where if you, you get it wrong once, you're pretty much screwed. Um, there's very little margin of error and I think it just comes down to the hybrid system and how it's working with the brakes, because it's only regenerating off the, the back the back uh, brakes. And I think that's part of the reason why the brake bias in this car is so far forward. Um, so I, I, I would be very careful around any hybrids um, when you're racing, especially if there's a pack of them because if they get it wrong and um, they go and get it's very easy to lock these cars up and, and death is just just waiting for you honestly um i don't the, obviously the top top tier are going to probably be fine but like when you get into lower and lower tiers uh it's it's way more scary than driving down p2
1: how's the bus stop it?
4: more it's just to me it's it's the first year, the first big race and it we'll see how it goes but I think there's going to be a lot of death.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. So I've been racing a little bit in the IMSA with not so great a luck in the LMP2 here. Um I I was joking around with with you guys and the into the apex guys, the Mad Sim guys about my i rating. I've actually got it pulled up right now. So I started this week at 2623. Um, my I rating is now down to 2006. So uh, I've lost about <laughs> 600 I reading this week while trying to learn how to drive this stupid <laughs> fucking LMP that I'm going to be running on Saturday. And I can only imagine the differences because I, I don't go anything over GT3s. I never have. My favorite car is a GT4. Um, yeah. And the only reason. I've ever run anything faster than that are the radicals, and that's for my league and XSLR, which we'll get to after the break, Jake Luther. Uh, but yeah, I dealing with other traffic, including those LMDHs or the GTPs or whatever you want to call them in an LMP two is scary. I haven't had to deal with them yet in a GT3. And I know they nerfed the LMP just a little bit. They they bopped it, BOP'd it when that GTP came yeah,
4: out. I think I slowed it down slightly, uh, put maybe a little bit more weight on
1: it. But. but those damn GTPs can get into corners so quickly, man, compared to an LMP, especially a GT3. I mean, that's going to be the scariest part. Going into turn one, even the bus stop. I mean, I've seen, I've watched LMDs, or GTPs send it from at least 400, 500 meters back going into turn one on a GT three and they make it stick. Yeah. But the problem is when they don't, that's going to be the
2: bad part. Yeah. But you bring it, that brings up a valid point, right? I mean, in the mindset of a driver, what are we looking for here? I mean, you know, this is just for general knowledge for those who you know haven't done much of it but like one of the one of the first things you do as a spotter or a driver is you pay attention to how long it takes an LMP2 to get or uh, or the new ones right to get down the straightaway and close a gap on you so you know to expect or when to expect that car to hit an overtaking situation and I think a lot of times if you're ahead of that game and once you get in that mindset you look at your relative and you go all right hey I'm coming out of the infield uh that I don't even know what the numbers are right now, so it tells you what I need to get to. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, he's a, he's two seconds behind, and I, I should expect to see him into the bus stop, right? That, that should be my mentality. I should be thinking about that every time. If you keep those things in mind, you tend to do okay, because then you're already thinking like, okay, well, he's going to be a little shy of me. Will he send it? I don't know. Maybe I should be prepared. Right. At least – at least you're prepared for that just based on that situation. there There is no way to control what those guys do. That's for sure. But if you open your, your the door and close the door early, you have the opportunity to at least uh, to live through it. Right. So, I mean, that's the key. So I've,
1: I have I want to talk to this about to some people that have definitely run multi-class races because I asked this question to all the guests that have done this, and I asked this question to Will Coffey uh, because the multi-class league that you guys run in over there And when it comes to slower class cars, I've been told and I've heard just hold your line. We'll find a way around you. I mean, you're going to get me worked up on this conversation. Yeah, because it's when you do that, if you hold a line, the racing line, let's say into turn one, for instance, okay, inside takes you to the outside of the corner because turn one is massive. Technically turn one, Starts when you come off the super speedway and ends almost halfway through pit exit. So, yeah, you come inside, outside, a little bit of a cambered corner, as we know. So you go inside, you're on the brakes outside, back inside for what's still turn one. That's holding your line. When you've got a faster class car that does that, that's still trying to take that corner and a GT3, for example, is holding their line, it's going to be disaster. So yeah
2: I, I don't know the nail you, you're hitting the nail on the head here I mean yeah. it, th- there's a common sense rule holding a line is the key right uh, so when people keep saying that they throw it out like the racing line well first of all everybody's racing line is slightly different right yeah you one could argue there is only one racing line that's the fastest I, yeah okay I got you bro <laughs> and, and let, me, let me know how often you hit that exactly right so, stop right so but the real talk is if you're in a gt3 you you, got to use your brain man it all boils down to what is my line supposed to be like on for normal people and you got to think about that right if i got a, if i got a if i'm fuel saving for instance Mm -hmm. and i got a car coming up to me they're not going to expect me to lift that much early Mm -hmm. i need to use my brain and go hey you know what I need to prepare to let them know or I just need to go full out until so I get around this corner and give the spot to them, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? And, and a lot of times, this hold the line idea, it's it's hilarious. It's a great excuse for people. To, you didn't hold your line. And then the next complaint they'll have is, you didn't give me the corner. Why did you go on the outside? You should have went to the inside. It's like, oh, bro, yeah. my goal, that and that's why I always tell my guys when they're driving, telegraph what you're going to do early. Right. That way, it is their responsibility to figure out how to get around you. But if you don't do it, then don't be shocked. Yeah. Don't be mind blown when they get upset and say, dude, drive your line. Yeah. Right. What the heck? Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, that's that's going to be, I think, the, the biggest part. I think we could all drive a GT3 around Daytona for 24 hours and probably be okay. Oh, yeah. The worry is driving a GT3 around GTPs for 24 hours. That's that's going to be the big one and I think that's that's the biggest change or the biggest hurdle that I don't think people expect when they get into these 24 hour, 24 hour races is they don't know how fast those cars can get to you. I mean, I'd say you give it about what do you think? uh Barrera, Juicy, JB what do you think about 10 laps, 12 laps by the time the GTPs get around to the GT3s again?
4: Yeah, that's going to be like 10 to 12 laps. That's pretty pretty accurate, I would say.
1: Yeah. And we're still those G, that GT3 field is probably still going to be in a pretty big pack at that point, barring any lap 1 turn 1 incidents which we know there will be.
4: Um I would say you get somewhat broken up the first time around, and then after maybe thirty minutes to an hour, you're, the pack of GT3s should be broken up, and the faster people should be going, and the slower people should be slowing down.
1: Yeah. Um. So the one one more thing I wanted to get to before uh, this break, and we we talked about it just a little bit before with the strategy and the fuel saving and stuff. How many? Teams, do you think in this two ki rating range, which is where we're going to be, uh, I, with the exception of Juicy, which I don't even know um, where where what range you guys are going to be in? Because I think you guys, how many how many people do you have over there for the GTPs?
4: I think it's four people, and they're all higher i rating than me because I'm at like two thousand. Yeah. as well,
1: so t- for the GT three field at least for the Sudi GT three car, how many? When it comes to the pit stops and it comes to the fuel saving like we hit on, if you save enough to be able to cut a pit stop out, do you think that will win or lose you the race? One pit stop? (laughs) Yeah. Really? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Look, four out of four last year that we won were were won via last minute pit strategy calls. Mm -hmm. And it's and they were all those calls were able to be made because we set them up early. Mm -hmm. That's the problem, right? People want to fuel save when they want to fuel save. Well, that doesn't really work that way, right? So if you go out of the gates and you go ham, you got your fastest driver, right? And he's going for it. He's going ham. He's gonna prove to the world he's faster than everybody else. (laughs) And then everybody wants to follow suit. And then if you're not, if you don't have anybody managing this team, like a lot of people don't, the next thing you know, everybody's just driving as fast as they can. Well, that sounds good. But over 24 hours, it doesn't just work like that, right? I mean, there's so much more involved. And I think Jake Jake's going to find out, right? I mean, they, you know, I set him up for this in a way, but I'm going to be right there to help him. That's the, I mean, we got a lot of, a uh, few other people that have done this before, but like, that's how I learned. I mean, trial under fire. And you, he's going to learn real quick that, you know, setting yourself up early in the race will give you that option to do whatever you need to do at the end, whether that is fuel save or whether it is to close down a gap. Cause you know, we're not talking about tire management, but guess what, fellas, we're going to be tire managing. It may not be. Yeah. Okay. Am I going to take tires this pit stop? Of course you are. Right. Cause you, at this point you pretty much have to, right. Um, why wouldn't you? The only option, the only change for that would be at the very end of the race. Maybe the last stint you may, save a little bit of time there if you have like maybe a half a tank or less of fuel but just the the reality of it is you're gonna have to manage those tires anyways so i remember
1: last week you were watching one of my one of my races and i think i was in second place and it was the sprint race too it was only a 20 minute race and i believe it was a porsche gt3 in front of me and that first 10 minutes i was like bradley i can't get to this guy man i mean he's quick and then all of a sudden This is a 20-minute race. He started coming back. He had just overheated those tires, just probably stomping on the brakes, stomping on the gas, understeering everywhere. And I I pulled back probably three seconds on the gap. Yeah, he still won, but that's over a 20-minute race. Imagine if you overheat those tires those first 20 minutes, and you've got another
2: 40 to go before you have to stop. Yeah. People aren't managing that stuff. So, I mean, the reality of it is, is these are the same guys that get on They're they're literally, you're in a 40 minute race and in 15 minutes, they say, my tires are gone. Mm -hmm. Like, no, they're not (laughs) like Mm. they're you kidding me right now. When you put, if you pulled in right now and you looked at the percentages, they'd probably be like 95 or 90%. Exactly. I mean, but, but you've got them. It's a temp. Uh, I, I tell you, and this this is not a plug for him per se. Go go do what you guys want to do for training, but uh, you know, I did a, a two hour session with Daniel Morad, and one of the biggest things that I learned from him was tire heat management. Like, yep. he's like, you know, why your laps aren't getting, you're not getting the times that you want? He's like, Have you ever noticed you're always green in the beginnings of the lap? Yep. I'm like, yeah. He's like, Yeah, because you're like firing on all cylinders, throwing it in like crazy, and then by the end, you're just the tires are overheating, you can't finish your your Flying lap. Yep. I'm like, dang. I guess that is kind of true.
1: That's so wild to think about how how well i racing has replicated that too. Because you, yeah. you see that in F1 all the time, especially around these longer courses they go to. Even those shorter ones that aren't very aerodynamic with more mechanical grip. Place like Red Bull Ring, high elevation, and some pretty pretty tough corners. Some pretty sharp breaking corners. You got Turn One, Turn Three, the hairpin. By the end of the lap, those guys where it matters, where you need that grip, they don't have it because the tires have just the tire heat has shot through the roof and they just don't stick anymore. So good job on iRacing for being able to uh, to do that.
2: Yeah, for sure. I You know, Daytona is going to be a good example of that because, you know, last lap, nobody wants to be in the lead. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're going into the bus stop. If you were like doing everything you could to like put pressure on the guy in front of you and you get your, your tires too heated up. You could, you could potentially put yourself in a spot not to win that race simply because you did push too hard. Right. Simply because of that, you can't get through the bus stop because you're sliding all over the place. Yep. That'd be a shame. Yeah. You're in the right spot to win.
3: You're exactly right. We'll see. We, I think that's a good point with the, uh, just in general, and what I've noticed is very true in iRacing, there's very much an, an aspect of drive slower to go faster. You take 5%, off, especially with the setup, <laughs> which Adam touched on, uh, which is what I did in the beginning of trying this new setup. The more you fight with it and try and push for faster and faster, the slower you're going to be, the more you're going to burn your tires, and you're more than doubling, I think, your your risk of crashing. And, I mean, how do you manage, you know, paying attention to deltas for lmp's or uh any of those quicker classes behind how are you know like being able to have the presence of mind to look at your fuel anything like that if you're pushing you know balls to the wall the whole time i found uh there's definitely a huge aspect of just taking five percent off the top and your pace will increase you'll have you know way more um like brain <laughs> to manage all the other aspects of the race. I think it's for, for endurance, what seems to be the most uh, important uh, like aspect to have as a driver over anything else. It's just knowing how to manage yourself and everything else going around around you. Cause it's 24 hours. So one mistake and your race is done. It's called
1: an endurance race for a reason us in the air sure. force, you know, our PT standards aren't that high. But, you know, some of the Army guys and even the Navy, they've got some more extended runs, right? You would almost call them endurance runs, and you have to pace yourself because cool. you'll get tired. I think the same has to do with your brain, your mind management when it comes to racing over a 24-hour stint. If you're pushing, 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 like we've all talked about, by the time that you really need to have good pace, you're just dead. You're done. Your muscles are worn out, your brain's worn out, your eyes hurt. Just kind of again driving within yourself, relaxing, allowing your spotters, the people that are in the Discord with you to help you out, I think it's gonna be huge. It really will
2: be. Yeah. But right, the the psychology of it. You know, maybe that's something we should really talk about one day, or maybe get somebody on here can talk to it a little bit more. But I mean, that is the reality of it. I I I used to do a lot of endurance running. I would run for do like 15 mile trail run races in like 4,000 foot elevation changes. I would do hundred mile bike rides. I rode up, uh, Mount Palomar or Palomar mountain, whatever it's called <laughs> in San Diego, uh, on my bike. That was like a 7,000 foot elevation change. And, and it was to test my mind, not my body. And a lot of people think that, right. They're all like, oh, you're, you endurance racing, man. It does tax your body. I mean, I, I, even on a sim rig, I mean, at least for me, I, I got the pedals turned up so damn much and the, direct drive is enough to break your arms, and yep. especially these twigs. <laughs> so, you know, so it, it is It is taxing, but in the end, only your mind allows you to give up. Right. I mean, that's the truth. And and when you get into this law it, that you will get into for those guys who haven't done the endurance race, if you're in a three hour stint or a three, well, three stints, you're running three hours in a row. Yeah, it's taxing on your brain, man. And, it, yep. you know, it, it's funny because my, some people are like, I just need somebody to talk to. Yes. Just somebody help me, right? And then and then other people are like just shut up. Yep. Just please don't say anything ever again. You're like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, managing that that psychology of it too and what everybody's needs are specifically is key to being the person who's managing that that race because you know, in the end, you can tell somebody, "Hey, I need you to feel safe," but if they can't get their mind right because they're too frustrated with LMPs or they can't, you know, They can't understand why somebody almost took them out and they're still harping on it two hours later. Somebody's got to get their mind right. And if they can't do it, that that's the team leads job to step up and say, Hey bro, chill out, man. These are the marks you need to hit. Start looking at your marks. Let's get it done. You can race. You know what you're doing. And usually they snap right out of it, but man, endurance races can do that to you. you at the end. I can't go to sleep for hours. Yeah. I'm too hyped. Right. Other people are like, God, I, I'm about to fall asleep while I'm driving, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no, it's manage. Yeah, and I mean, you're managing different people,
1: different personalities as well. But uh, we'll cover this a little bit more after the break. We're going to get into the actual 24-hour race as well. Maybe take our uh, picks on teams, and hopefully you guys have some because I really don't know that much about it, but I do follow it. I just follow all the F1 drivers in it. But we will cover that and a little bit more after the break here on the slow motion podcast
0: don't go anywhere more of the wrong stuff coming up are you ready for 2023 In January, Into the Apex will return to the historic Daytona International Raceway for the Rolex 24 for the biggest roadshow yet. Porsche, Porsche, BMW, BMW, BMW Cadillac, 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 Acura, Acura. Who will begin, begin the, the GTP, GTP era victorious? Victoria. Follow into the apex.com for trip details and meet up with the show live from Daytona Beach. Ah! This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network.
1: All right, guys, we are back for the second half of the slow motion podcast here brought to you by into the apex podcast network and we kind of talked about it a little bit before the break but really we talked about the the mental fortitude it's going to take to get through a 24-hour race we're lucky on the sooty side to have plenty of drivers um participate i think what are we up to bradley seven i
2: think we're gonna have seven on one team and six on the other
1: yeah so going to be quite a few drivers in there, which is good for the mental aspect. We have plenty of time to give people breaks. But um, we wanted to hit on something real quick here before we get into the actual 24. Jake Luther and Justin Barrera have both joined my league that I run on Sunday nights called Cross Series League Racing, as has Justin Barrera, who hopefully will be back soon. We all had a bet that the person that loses had to chug the shittiest beer that you could find. Well, I forgot to get the shittiest beer, but I happen to have a few Truly's in my fridge. And long story short, I had to chug that beer that night because Luther won the race for XSLR around Phoenix Road what'd you think about that track jake that was just a 40 minute race. well it even 40 minutes like a 35 minute race and those cars you want to talk about mentally and physically taxing man holy shit
3: yeah those things are no joke especially on that track i think on like i don't want to say higher speed tracks but I'm, I'm going to say that larger tracks even i've only run that car before once in like a 15 minute session at Watkins. uh and it's a little bit easier you know you get to run the car over the straights heat the tires up your braking zones you don't have to worry too much about braking at super low speeds uh that track was intense it's like what a 53 or second lap give or take like 54 for maybe like the other like average times um 53 is being quick but yeah it was a lot of um management going on <laughs> or just yeah. like keeping yeah a lot you're doing things non-stop and like and i think i said it uh in the after the race in the post race interview but like one or two percent extra brake pressure can be the difference between making a corner and spinning out completely and having your whole race ruined
1: and you also uh, mentioned on the break or in, during the break uh we mentioned daniel marad a little bit with the with the downshifting especially in those cars if you don't rev match, or you over rev the car on your downshifts. Doesn't matter how much brake you are putting in; if you are turning in, it's going to go on you.
2: That's right.
3: Yeah, it's a big thing. I had that one hour one hour coaching session uh, with him that I got off of uh, WSRL, and there was. I mean, we talked about a lot, but one especially was what gearing I am in going into the corner. I my bad habit was being a gear down because I was relying on that extra. Uh, extra rotation by dropping that extra gear. Uh, so keeping in mind how that can affect the balance of the car. I learned, especially in the T one on Phoenix road that really slow down or to really slow down my downshifts, especially I'm applying brake and steering angle at the same time, which those cars really don't like. Uh, so that one downshift, like half a second too quick quarter of a second too quick can just spin you out um, that in the upshifts too. I know on to that, uh, last turn before the straight, or I, you know, I guess it is a giant left turn because it's in a, it's like a roval kind of setup. But yeah, um, that was waiting on one. that last, yeah, waiting on that last downshift, really, and not trying to be too quick. That car, especially, you cannot fight that car. You have to do what that car wants to do, or else it's killing you.
1: <laughs> if you guys so. haven't run the radical. Uh, the SR8 is what we run in XSLR. I implore you to do so. It is a free car and it is one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had in iRacing is running that car. They don't run them anymore officially. They now run the SR10, which I don't own, but I will. They are just so much fun. They are little go cars. I mean, they're probably a a step above a shifter car, honestly. Super aero dependent. Um, you don't drive them like you would drive an Indy car or something like that. The corners are definitely different in those. If you stick to the inside of corners, you will gain time. It is so counterintuitive to what you believe, you know, going in wide, taking the apex and swinging back out wide for a corner exit. You lose quite a bit of time by doing that in those, but they are so quick. They've just got massive amounts of grip until like Jake said, they don't. But Jake, just wanted to let you know, I'm coming for you, man. You may have won this one, but we're on Charlotte Oval this weekend, buddy. So uh, forget all that stuff you learned about the Phoenix Road; it's uh, completely different.
2: No, will, don't worry. I will I'm say, a quick learner. <laughs> I will, you know, I will say when you guys convinced me to drive the Radical, I enjoyed it. I, I and I, I'm a GT3 driver through and through. I almost never break out of that, uh, and. Shame on me, I guess maybe, but if you love something, you love it, right? Mm-hmm. So you just do it, right? Uh, but man, when I when I race with you guys, I was I was a it was a blast. I couldn't believe how much fun it was. So I mean, I, I could see doing it in the future. I just I'm always busy, so I always have an excuse not to do it. <laughs> AKA in iRacing, racing, I'm not busy ever with anything else. Exactly, but right in iRacing, racing, I get busy with all the management stuff. So.
1: Yep, <laughs> no, I totally get it. I mean, man, you Sudie, you guys, you guys don't even have a league. You have a team, and Dude, that's. I think owning or running my league, I've run it now for five seasons, and I've, of course, I've neglected it. Neglected it this week. I still haven't put points out for last week. Part of that is my pride. I'm very hurt that I lost so many points, and I don't want to show that to everybody else in XSLR. But a lot of that is just because you really don't have to do that much for a league. I mean, you're the race team. I'm starting to realize, especially when these special events start to come up, becomes pretty pretty taxing on you all.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, no, don't get me wrong. I ran a league for a while too. Actually, I, I, so Zane Plumley, he, he runs his own league. He's had a ZPM uh, going for a while and I did a lot of stuff uh, with him, pretty much split up duties with him behind the scenes. And then that's where I learned. And then I ran a league for a little bit and it went really well, but to be quite honest with you, there's just another thing on the plate that I was like, yeah. and we are pretty, now that we're not small now, cause we're still small, but Definitely much smaller than we're talking five, six people now. You know, we have anywhere from depending on you know the the ebb and the flow of uh of uh people on iRacing, we have anywhere from I don't know 15 to 25. So it's yeah, it can get pretty hectic because you start getting in it, dealing with other it's not the military, right? I mean, I and this is the hardest thing I had to grasp, you know. And in the military, I just told you what you were going to do, right? It's like, well, you're going to stand watch from this time to this time. Well, I have things to do. Yeah, whatever, dude. I'll see you there, right? I mean, that's exactly how it goes. And then when you're scheduling in the civilian world, it's like, well, I need to get my sleep. What? You need to get your sleep? Yeah, I need to get my sleep. Is that like how hard you're not going to do it? Yeah, I don't. do. I don't. I race during that time. Like, What? Yeah. I mean, my military mindset was like, yeah, dude. No, I get it, and that's that was that was
1: the weird thing for me. And I remember, I'm trying to juggle as is Barrera now, juggle two different, um, you know, races. I'm doing the VSC race with Justin on Saturday, which yeah. we need to hit on at least just a little bit, and then the Friday night race with you guys. But the problem is they overlap a little bit, and I'm sitting here like when I said that, when I was like, guys, I'm, I'm going to block this out because I need to sleep because right. I'm. Running with you guys, going to bed. Running with you yeah. guys, jumping into the LMP. Running, I'm running. I think I may be running a triple stint with you, maybe a double, and then another double after I wake up. Then I'm going to run a triple triple stint with them, and then another triple
2: stint with them. I have to get something. I've got to yeah. at least get a little bit shut eye. So yeah, no, those are the management ones I would rather deal with. Right? Right. If you could tell me like, listen, bro, I want to race two races. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. Like a great mm-hmm. example is Eric's going to be going to the Roar. Right. So he's like, you know, being the team member that he is, he's one of the founders. Right. And he's like, you know, put me in wherever you need me. I would prefer to get some sleep before I go to the roar. Right. Or if you don't want me to go to the roar, cause we don't have the spots. That's fine too. But I was like, dude, we have seven people on the team. I've never had that many people <coughs> on one team, <coughs> excuse me, on one team before. So yeah, it absolutely, um, you know, managing that can get pretty sticky, but if it's things like that, like you're going for the love, the hobby types that I'm all about it. Like, yeah, run another race. That's fine. Just make sure you give us your time while you can. And then I'll, I'll do my best to, to get you some sleep. But if we were running four people, I'd be like, well, I don't care about your other thing. Either you're going to have to pick one. Right. And I'm going to have to do some, and that's how it goes. But I think this is a great opportunity for a bunch of guys who honestly have, we have two groups here. We have people with a lot of. Enduro experience and then those who have almost none. And so having seven people in this occasion is a good thing because it's never too much stress at one time, and there's a lot of people around to help out. So I, I think it's a better option. And then it does give me the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be tripling in VR if you can avoid it. Right. No,
1: you're, you're exactly right. That's very true. But speaking of the roar, and mm-hmm. we need to cover this because... We've got about yeah, ten minutes left in this podcast here, so let's talk about the real twenty-four. And I've got on my screen right now, sharing my screen, the lineup here for the twenty-four and all of the different classes. How much do you guys follow that, Bradley? And uh, give me your picks here. What do you What do you want to see? Who do you want to see win next weekend?
2: No. Uh, Turner Motorsports baby right here just take a look Turner Motorsports That's <laughs> okay what we're all there about. it is yeah i i have been a big uh big fan of Turner Motorsports and they they helped me out a ton with building my M2 and and uh my other BMW the Supra <laughs> yep uh so yeah so i've done a ton of stuff with them and they've always been really good to me and i mean who who can't like bill Alberlin? i think the guy's like almost 60 years old he's the most winning gt driver in, in north America, uh history and he's just, he's so happy to fricking race every day. If you're not motivated by that guy, you got problems. So I'm going with Turner Motorsports for GT3, baby, at least in their, in their class. And I think the, I think they're running pro this time around. Cause they, I think they brought in like Bruno Spangler and a couple other dudes that are just off the chart. So yeah. It'll so be right
1: here, see. it's got Bill Arbel, Chandler Hall, John Edwards joined by Bruno Spangler. And they will be in the pro. Um, the car will yeah. contest GTD pro for the IMSA Enduros and GTD in the sprint rounds this, this year. Uh,
2: yeah, so. there you go. And and I was just about to say in, 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 uh, GTD, I see, uh, the one just below, but I'm, I'm a big fan too. of the Paul Miller racing team. I mean, snow is an incredible driver to watch. He kind of goes under everybody's radar. He's one of those guys. So it's so cool to watch him race. So, and I'm a BMW guy, you know, of so course. those are my, my picks for GT uh, for, for the other ones. As long as they don't hit the cars that I like, then I don't care. Yeah,
1: it's so funny that you know you can tell the, the difference between someone who loves to watch this type of racing and someone who just likes to talk about it. I go through, like if I'm going through here right now to pick, yeah, I'm going to go with Chip Ganassi because it's NASCAR, right? Ganassi <laughs> Motorsports, got to go with Ganassi. Right. And Sebastian Bourdais is driving for him. And who doesn't know Sebastian Bourdais, right? So... Ganassi for me and the GTPs, definitely. And it's going to be cool. This is the first year that those GTPs are going to be out on track. So it's going to be interesting to see how those things can hold up for their first 24-hour race. I know they do a crap load of testing and all that stuff, but you don't really know until you get into the race. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, you got caddies. Is,
2: Go ahead. This is Juicy's wheelhouse. I mean, Juicy knows about all this. Stuff. I, You know, I'm just, like I said, they're just a big airplane wing that I'm hoping doesn't hit the cars that I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Juicy, give me your pick, man. What do you? Who are you thinking for GTP?
4: Uh GTP. I like the Cadillacs. Um, I think it, because they're a non-turbo engine, they have the best chance um, of winning, especially being the newest year. But I also think? like um, who is it? Meyer Shank Racing uh, with the Acura, and uh, you know. Uh, the Konica Minolta, Minolta team, you know, the Wayne Taylor racing. Yep. So Those are my pick. I, I'm not sure about BMW and Porsche. Uh, any turbocharged car, I always like, Yeah, You know, you got more stuff to deal with, and it's a new class. On the P2 side, um, usually I just go with whoever has a non-standard P2 going on. Unfortunately, everybody's running the same stupid chassis right now, so <laughs> I don't care.
2: I could care less <laughs> at this class at this point. They're all. Or- you know, it's uh, funny you mentioned. It's funny you mentioned BMW because it's RLL. I think that's running the BMW squad. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm a huge BMW fan, but you know the one thing that always gets me is RLL, and I, I don't want to bash anybody because racing's hard. But good lord, they have thrown away so many races and so much. Uh, oh man, it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to be an RLL fan. Yeah, like it, at some point you're like, okay, when are they going to screw this up? Right, and then it happens. Like, I don't know. Not even before the race started. I don't even know if it was last Daytona or maybe the one before. I don't even remember. Yeah, I mean, I think it was Bruno Spangler they just like ran into the back of another oh, car. Oh yeah, was, I think that was the last year the GTEs. I remember that yeah. race. I remember
1: watching that race, and I was like, what the hell? It was one of the last laps, and he just Bro. killed him.
2: Yeah. And then, and then just how much longer until we got to Sebring and then they were running into other cars as they were entering pits and then they were running into the back of the vet and ruin their race. I mean, it's like, bro, it's hard being a BMW driver. They already talk enough shit. I don't need you helping
3: me. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you guys, I know nothing about endurance racing or follow any of this, <laughs> uh, although I should um really expand outside of watching f1 uh but i want you to scroll up here because i saw i'm gonna give my my dark horse of this uh, this race Ooh. now we're going for action express racing one Ooh. yeah one it sounds like a way cooler fedex all right action express there it is with a name one. like that they also have jack aitken on there who, oh, that's true. I, I feel like as a pretty solid running. talent to have on a team. Also, one of the only names I recognize on the list. So <laughs> you don't,
1: wait a minute. You don't know Sebastian Bourdais or Simon Paginode,
3: Helio Castroneves. You've never heard of any of those guys? No. I'm gonna be quite frank. I have not followed. I've started following motorsports in general, primarily with F1, in like 2020. I didn't even get my sim wheel till 2021. When I started sim racing, so That's funny. I'm still gotta expand outside of. Oh, they have Colton Hurra, or Hurta. He's he's pretty yeah. good. On I mean, BMW actually, I see. But uh, yeah, I gotta expand and and learn some things. But
2: you got, I Bridget mean, real Hartley? talk. Though, you ain't wrong about the about that uh, action express because Alexander Sim w- is is quick. He's always been a quick BMW driver. Pippo Durrani's always quick. Like all. I mean, genuinely, if you look at the field right now, it's so stacked, dude. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I saw you put, you you even uh, highlighted Colton Herta, Sheldon Van Alinda. Like, dude, these guys are actually Nick Yellowly. There's another one that a lot of people don't know about on the number 25 car. Nick Yellowly is just like faster than shit, dude. He's one of those guys that's always racing in Britain and stuff that we don't hear much about. And he's just breaking folk off. Right, and and he comes here and he does really well uh, with with Turner Motorsports for a little bit, but boom, he's already up running with the big dogs. So that'll be a good, you know, it's a loaded lineup.
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, Gutierrez in the LMP2. That's yeah. So I'm I'm
1: looking here just at the LMDHs or the GTDs or whatever you want to call them. Uh, And I thought I saw yeah, Colton Hurt is there, and then I saw yeah, Brendan Hartley up here as well, the F3 driver from I believe he's from Florida. Uh, Coming back, Mm -hmm. one of the few F3 or Formula 1 prodigies, I would say, um, that have kind of decided to come on back. Uh, They're just not, you know. I think there's
4: more car drivers drivers in P2. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, P2 did have a few in there, I saw. Hey, where's that Malcolm in the middle dude, man? Why doesn't he race this stuff too? He should go from oh, he's doing like Arca series, man.
3: Yeah, I heard about that. Oh, Frankie yeah. Muniz. Yeah, I saw that. Good right. for him. I also like the articles describe uh, them as like knock them in the middle star who suffered memory loss. They're still on that.
2: (laughs) So here's your Yeah, that team right there that you got highlighted was Scott McLaughlin and Joseph Newgarden. Are you kidding me, dude? That's
1: gonna be one to watch out for, man. And uh, if you listen to the last Into the Apex podcast, uh, they talked about Scott McLaughlin quite a bit. And you want to talk about a guy that is just unbelievable to go from V8 where he dominated in Australia. Coming over here yeah. to IndyCar in his second year, man, he's challenging for the championship. That guy is that guy's tough.
2: Tough. So, yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm i I'm an IndyCar fan. I will say that. So I do watch a little bit of IndyCar, but I mean, yeah, McLaughlin's like next level, dude. I, I I I suspected he'd do okay when he came, but nothing like that. Holy cow. I mean, look at guys that like Jimmy Johnson, that poor dude, man. I mean Tony Stewart. I, or yeah, yeah, yeah man. Like, Come on, bro.
1: Yeah, we were actually talking about that a little bit. Um talking about me going from the GT3 to the to the LMP for these endurance races and I just remember Tony Stewart, uh it wasn't an Enduro, but he did the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte. Got on the plane and went over to Indy, uh and drove the Indy 500 and Looped it, I think, like the third lap, spun it out, wrecked the car, crashed it out. So uh, to see someone like Scott McLaughlin, who's come from a heavy, beefy V8, no arrow, just all mechanical grip, freaking just monstrosity of a V8 supercar, to hop into an Indy car, which takes much more finesse and do as well as he does, just shows you he's someone like Fernando Alonso-esque, right? The guy can just get into whatever car he wants Except and drive it. not toxic well and not yet, not toxic yet. Fame gets to people sometimes.
2: I don't know though, man, this dude, I, I I don't know. Every time he talks, I feel like he's so genuinely happy and excited to to be a part of auto racing. I, It's the type of guy, he's another one of those Bill Oberlin guys. When he talks, you're just like, dude, this guy loves what he does. I, I feel like for and I, this isn't to hate on Fernando in the sense of like his capabilities. I don't, I don't even care about all that. He just has this mentality. I feel like it's like, maybe you don't know I'm Fernando Alonso. And it's like, well, yeah, right. Well, what about the racing? Do you see how pretty I am? It's like, exactly, I do. Right, I do. I see how pretty you are. Nice hair, by the way. You know, <laughs> right, cool. You know, I, I don't know. I, and and then you look at the history of how toxic he is wherever he goes. It seems so toxic. I, I don't know if that's him. I would assume it is, but you don't hear that with Scott McLaughlin.
3: No, you're right. Uh, I can tell you how good he has to be because, as someone who hasn't seen too much of motorsport, I I know the name. Was it? He was the first to beat Craig Murphy's uh, lap record at Bathurst yes. in the supercars, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. That I've seen that uh, that video. Both Craig Murphys, because that was uh, maybe a bit more impressive. Obviously, with how er- much earlier that was, but how how good that lap was and how dialed in that was, I get goosebumps. <laughs> every time i see that um yeah that was a, a crazy lap. lap i
1: remember watching yeah. that on youtube and the guy just you know they're like congratulations you did it and he's like all right well now i gotta go do another one it was he was That's just right. like it, I, he, it's like he wasn't even going for the lap record right he was just right. out there qualifying
3: <laughs> no you could tell he got that that like that in the zone that flow state effect that yep. car, he was so close to those barriers. He hitting dirt using that. He was using everything. That man was mm-hmm. not there at that time. It was just uh the car. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking here, by the way, through these LMP3s, Jared Andretti,
1: another clearly another Andretti boy or cousin or somebody, but can we talk about Andretti for just a minute before we close out this podcast? You want to sure. talk about a bloodline that is just pisses excellence. It's got to be the Andretti bloodline. I can't think of any other, like, let me think of some fast drivers here. Dale Earnhardt. There's
2: some in here right now. Look, Fiddle in here right now.
1: He comes from a hell of a a bloodline. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so, but like, you think of Mario and Marco and Michael and like all of these different drivers and now Jarrett, who I have never heard of before until right now. (laughs) Uh, Like, this is just a, if you think of, drivers right individual drivers that are fast schumacher has now has his son uh racing but his son isn't what michael was i don't know if he ever will be maybe he will who knows but uh lewis hamilton that's the first and the only his brother races but he's not going to be anything like you know crazy dale earnhardt had dale earnhardt jr who did okay Michael Waltrip had Daryl or Daryl Waltrip had Michael Waltrip, but none of these teams, like none of these people that you think of, like you, other than I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay on it. Andretti, Andretti is when you think motor sports and you think car racing, you think Andretti. Yeah, Yeah, I I I think trickle.
2: Oh yeah, trickle. Here we go, (laughs) trickle. I mean, that's the guy that when I think auto racing, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, cold
1: trickle. Um, but yeah, no, I I gotta. So I'm going through here. The LMP threes, I gotta go with Andretti Autosport. You know, speaking of, uh, if any, you guys have any picks here for the LMP class? You've been looking at it for a minute. Uh, let's see,
2: mm, yeah, I don't. I I think I think you were right there. I, I I'm I'm going with the. Uh... Mm, man, that is tough because. Barbosa is another one that has a name that goes along with it, too. I mean, Barbosa's yep. father's one hell of a rate. I, th- I assume it's his father. I'd see oh, this yeah. is one of those ones. You're right. These names pop up, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, how many Barbosas are there? Well, I'm yeah. sure there's a ton, but how many are doing this, right? Right. Go yeah, with number know.
4: 85, JDC Miller. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Just because? Yep. All right. Well, uh, now. GTD, uh, I Lexus or um, what's the other one?
2: I knew he's gonna pick Lexus. McLaren. Yeah, loves Lex.
1: So you're, I, I, I can tell right now, Juicy. You're one of those people that pick cars and not teams or drivers.
4: It just depends. Like in uh, uh, the hybrid, my favorite teams not not there, which was Mazda. So it's like I don't care now. I'm just looking at the teams.
1: I know this this Lexus team is notoriously good uh in this GTE oh, yeah. class. They're I think they're top of the top, man. I think I mean this Corvette, the Corvette Racing Chevrolet, they're they're pretty good, but man, this Lexus team, I just remember watching them last year just fucking walk everybody that they
2: try uh, to race. Are they uh, missing someone? I where's the other Vassar team? Is there not another Vassar team this year? It may be in uh GT's it's one for on the, the Pro it's right there. Oh, uh, yeah.
4: There it is. I'll tell it's you fun. what,
2: that monocalvo dude, holy crap,
3: dude. That yeah, dude yeah. is
2: next level, dude.
3: Yeah. I got you two predictions for GT, GTD here, though. Mm-hmm. Um, one, Corvette getting the dub. Oh, jeez. Because... Just because America, we're America, um, man. If you don't go, if you're American and you go with a
1: Lexus, Juicy, I should have kicked you out of this podcast room. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I see, I see Antonio Garcia, and I see Chevy, so I'm going to take that one, and then I'm going to say first to retire slash have a complication or last place. I'm going the uh, the Ferrari team. Oh just no, yeah, the that's the
4: new Ferrari
3: as well. <laughs> yep, I'm nice saying. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to have some issues.
1: Hmm. Are are you are mm, just is this? Is there
3: Ferraris or what? Yeah, is this off because of F1 Ferrari. experience? So no, no, you no think, just 100% so you, because it's a Ferrari. There's going to be some bad luck <laughs> <laughs> So you think
1: just because Ferrari F1 is completely terrible, that they're, they're so bad that they've bled into the other types of motorsport well, as well?
3: It's one part Ferrari bad meme. <laughs> second part, like two beers. <laughs> right? But if it happens, I'm going to look like a prophet of enduro racing. You will be. So I'm going to be yeah.
1: watching now just to watch the Ferrari team and see if they I'll crash out. I'll put a out.
3: bet down too. I'll say lose. Like if, if the Ferrari doesn't crash out, I will chug a cheap beer of your choosing. Okay. If Oof. they do have a horrible performance and one of those different scenarios, uh, then you will have to, uh, chug a beer of okay. my choosing or whatever you have before the next XSLR race. Okay. So during the driver's brief for the next XSLR. Yep. Okay. So, so the
2: real question for you guys is, right. is, do you think that the Ferrari management like just is their team support do you think they try to get a hold of they they try to get a hold of this uh what is it Rizzi or whatever it is do you mm-hmm. think they, they try to get a hold of them was like hey we would like to help you manage the team and they're like no that's all right I no thank you I would appreciate it if you just stay the hell away from us actually
1: oh yeah you could imagine <laughs> at this point I don't think anybody wants to touch ferrari f1 yeah. management like they're they're just so nobody wants to even be affiliated i'm sure these guys were probably trying to get their names changed before the 24 <laughs> hour race honestly uh but no i it, think it's a beautiful car it is it's a, yeah. the most beautiful i think so uh, we're, we're we're starting to get off on a tangent here and I, I wish i could stay here longer but i think the ferraris other than Aston Martins, my God, Aston Martins, I believe, are the most beautiful car ever made. I love the looks, the lines. If I get rich one day, uh, if I can get out of the military and actually start making some type of money, and I can... own you mean they're
2: not paying you good money?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's that's maybe another podcast topic, but but no the aston martins i think like the db the db9s oh my god man like they're just uh,
3: you can do better fucking beautiful db5 and db6 dream cars yeah right that's there. true as well yeah that's man. a car you gotta wear a suit to drive exactly
1: you but wear the, you know what you it may not be the fastest it may not turn corners the best but
2: god damn it are you gonna good look good driving it man yeah, I mean, you just as long as you don't mess up your clothes trying to fix it on the side of the road. Every
3: <laughs> oh time. my god, here we go. Listen, it's not the car's fault. It was designed and manufactured in Britain. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So one last thing here, we're at the we're at the GTDs finally, and uh, I did want to
1: cover something here. Uh, K Mag Kevin Magnuson, has is back now in Formula One, obviously, and his dad Jan is going to be driving. I've got to find the team, but K Mag was yeah. supposed to be running. In the twenty four, and he can't because of his surgery, right? Yeah. Heard so, that. so that's that sucks, obviously. But if I can find Jan Magnussen again, there it is. I'm going with the number fifty three nine eleven GT three, just because Jan Magnussen's on the team.
2: Okay, scroll scroll down to the very bottom again. Yeah, there's the other Turner team. So you can, I'm gonna tell you right now, Robbie Foley he will lead those guys to victory too. You better be careful. That's that's quality squad right there.
1: Yeah, that's true. What's crazy is the
4: amount of GT Pro is very little compared to the G- regular GT and
1: field. Yeah, I mean, look at the amount of drivers here in the GTD field. That's crazy compared to the GTD Pro.
2: Yeah, I like that, though. I mean, I think that should be kind of the elite, though. I I, I kind of appreciate that. You know, you put in, you have more of the factory teams in the Pro, and then you yeah. get down to more of the, the individual team type stuff down in the other ones. But, I mean, if they want to move up, great. But, I mean, that should be kind of the elite, if you ask me. It makes more sense for it to be like this.
1: God, could you imagine the amount of money? Even these GTDs, the GTDMs, like, we're sitting here talking about autocross and the amount of money it cost Just to get, enter a GTD car into the IMSA series has to be just unbelievably expensive.
2: Well, as a driver, you're going to have to pay anyways. I mean, the vast majority of them are, you know, so it right. is what it is. The, I... I I mean, when you find out some of these guys who you thought were just like, I don't know. I don't know what it was until I really started diving into it. And then I even, you know, had, a, I talked a little bit with uh, Daniel Morad about his, his situation at the time. It was just really interesting here. Cause you just assume, man, you look at these drivers and you just assume, I know that name so well, he's got to be a paid driver. Yep. Right. I mean, when you hear some of these names, oh, they've got to be, but then you find out, dude, if I wreck this car, I have to pay that. That happens. That's real. I mean, yeah. that, that's out of, uh, I had the, the, the pleasure of racing, uh, against, oh, why did I just forget his name? Uh, the autocross God that everybody, oh, Randy Popes. Yeah. So I, I raced against Randy Pops, And one of the things he, he was talking about was real racing. It just the fact that he couldn't, it, it, it was unbelievable that he still, even with his stature in the, in, in, racing, he still drives cars that if he wrecks them, he has to pay for mm-hmm. they, that happens to him still of all people. That's incredible. Oh Yeah. Here you go. Speaking of
1: Fittipaldi here. uh, Yeah. Pietro Fittipaldi there and Rick Ware Racing and the LMP2s. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. We have a crazy good uh, few weeks here of virtual racing and actual racing coming up. And, uh, you know, Daytona, it's Daytona month, like everyone's always saying, man. So... um, Really looking forward to that. You said you had a buddy going to the Roar this weekend? Tomorrow, actually, right?
2: Yeah, Eric's going to be there. Daniel's going to be there. A couple guys from... The thing is, is a lot of the Sudi guys are from the uh, kind of like Orlando-ish and up to Jacksonville and even uh, some into Georgia and then some slightly south. So it's not all that far away to get to Daytona. Uh, I've been to it before uh, and... Oh, what an experience if you haven't gone before what a great experience I, I planned on going this year but uh, unfortunately um, plans change. oh look I got a visitor Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <I did it. laughs> but so uh, but yeah I, it's, it's an incredible event I can't wait I'm super excited and for all all you guys out there that that uh, you know maybe you just heard us shut up and drive it or you see us around you know hop on the hop on Adam's uh, uh, little broadcast it'll have going on hang out with us, whatever, man, you're always invited and, you know, cheer us on, have something to say, you know, laugh at us, make fun of us. We're here, we're here for your entertainment. So, you know, take a look at it man. it's going to be exciting. I'm ready. I'm hyped. I'm ready.
1: It's a great, great, uh, great team to be a part of. And again, huge shout out to Justin Hall for getting me, uh, getting me with you guys. But um, from me here at slow motion broadcasting and the rest of the people here from Sudi, Bradley, Jake, and Juicy, or Justin, or JB. Uh, thank you guys. Nobody knows. We're, we're just going to keep calling them. Thank you guys for, for doing this podcast with us tonight. And uh, again, tune in tomorrow. I think there will be a few people streaming from the Sudi side, including me. So uh, come, come hang out with us. Talk to us. Keep us entertained because it's going to be a 24-hour race, and we're going to need somebody to talk to. So uh, with that being said, this has been the slow motion podcast brought to you by into the apex podcast network and until next time guys we'll talk to you All
0: right. you've been listening to the wrong stuff podcast brought to you by the into the apex motorsport podcast network Make sure to head over to the wrongstuffsimracing.com and get all the info on the WSRL leagues, the Wrong Stuff Sim Racing Team, and special events.